Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Right on, right on, right on. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Mass Deception Part 4, The Secret. From Dark to Light and Back to Dark. Yes, that is what the show is going to be about today. I will tell you that I had a completely different show planned for today. I worked on it all yesterday. And uh, oftentimes I get the prompting of God or the Holy Spirit. And in this case, I even had dreams last night. And I felt that I was not supposed to do the show that I was going to do. I pray it'll be next week. Uh, I was going to do on the Asbury uh movement and stuff like that and begin there. But, you know, part of why I think I'm not supposed to do it right now is this, uh, this Asbury revival at the time of February 16th, I'm recording this, there's a revival going on in Kentucky and it's starting to spread throughout other colleges. It was a prayer meeting that has turned into a revival and it's not perfect. In fact, I, I know of someone who, uh, who I trust, who was on the inside, and I got a report from it, and uh, it very organic. Probably not enough gospel being preached was was his comment, but uh, still really organic. Uh, good hymns are being sung, good things are being said, and some of the light side of the system workers who have infiltrated the church who will come out in this series, uh, have tried to infiltrate and they've been able to stand their ground and refuse them. So that's a really good sign. And I just kind of think that if I did something, uh, some of the stuff that I'm going to bring out about some of these revivals that have happened in the past, it might put a negative connotation on what's happening in Asbury. And look, do I know if Asbury is good or is there something bad going on there? Well, I think it's good at this point. Um, I, I really do think it's good that it's happening and I don't want to come against anything that God is doing. Uh, you know, time will tell, uh, obviously with some of the other things we've had, you know, a hundred years or just under a hundred years to look back and examine and examine the lives of these people. And, you know, we have a lot of evidences. So, uh, I'm, I'm praying for that revival. I really am. And, you know, many people, including our own watching wall from Singapore uh, Prayer Celebration, has really been talking about the youth coming alive. And, you know, I felt a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it was a bit of a prophetic word that she was given. She didn't claim it to be a prophetic word, but uh, it just seems that, you know, about two weeks later, and we prayed for uh, the youth to come out and start doing that in this generation. And all of a sudden it's popping up and it seems to be quite big. So I'm trusting God is in it. Um, one other point, uh, just because, you know, some people have been asking in some of my private conversations, I want to be clear to you that although there's going to be a lot of revelation 
in this series of mass deception. It's not heading towards this big final opening of the curtains and a big final reveal. That is not what I'm doing here. The way the Lord, I believe, is directing me to do this, it's so, well, first of all, I'll give you my intention because I'm not going to speak on behalf of the Lord in this case, but I do believe he's directing me. The I've been given an audience. We've we have a community together, and I have to steward it. And I and when the Lord had shown me some things, and I've been able to see it, and I can say clearly the Lord has shown me because I went to his word. I was the Berean, be the Berean. I looked in his word and compared it to some of the things that are happening in the church and other places. And so the Lord has revealed some things, and the purpose of this mass deception series is that you will not fall into the deception. That's it. It's a noble goal, though, because the the Bible does say there will be a big falling away. So I had to uh, rewrite uh, the show I'm going to do today, and uh, I just felt when I was praying this morning that I probably didn't do enough on Blavatsky and uh, Bailey. I'm going to include a little bit of Aleister Crowley this time, and how significant it is into this end times deception. Now, we've discussed the plan, and Alice Bailey kept going back to the plan, uh, but there's a lot more, and there's an article, one of the articles I was uh, using and one of the resources I was using, I'm going to read a lot of it today, and I think it's really well done. I'm going to leave out some stuff that I don't want to repeat too much, although repetition is necessary in this series because you'll learn by repetition. If I just say something once and then blow by it, and it was seven or eight programs ago, you won't have that foundation. I want to make sure you know this stuff so you will be able to see the deception. And so having said all of that, let me begin, and I'm going to start with some repetition, and I'm calling this part the truth in the garden. And of course, I'm going to Genesis Chapter 3, verse 5. And it says, and this is the serpent speaking to Eve. It says, For God knows that on that day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. Now, that's a truth. God knows good and evil, and now so do you. The devil used the truth to sell his lie. His lie was, his deception was to get her to eat the fruit. And this forms the basis of the mass deception that's coming. And it's the three words, become like God. So the truth is, we're like God in the way that we know good and evil, 
but the deception that is happening right now, and it's already in the Christian church, is that you are like God. And this is how part of how one world religion is going to come to pass. And this article is really good because it uh, will point out a little bit of the methodology and how the Christians are being used to usher it in. A um, couple other things that I'm not exactly sure why I put this in, but um, I felt led to it when I was writing this down. So um, Job chapter one, verse six. This is talking about the sons of God, the fallen angels. And verse six says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And of course, they, he asks for his servant, Job. But Satan is roaming the earth and walking around on it. That scripture is as relevant today as it was back then. So I want you to keep that as a placeholder. And we'll talk about the temptation of Jesus now. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff. I, I would like to actually do a whole hour show on this at some point. Maybe I will. Uh, maybe after Ephesians, because I'm finding this is really interesting. And I want to dig in further. But uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So just listen to that. Jesus was led up, so he's following the Spirit, his Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights... That's uh, there's so much here. I can't stop on every point. I'm tempted to. He then became hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, "If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread." But Jesus answered and said, "It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God." So the devil's just saying, hey, you can do it. Of course, it's easy for you. Go ahead. Just do it. It's easy. Hold on to that. You're going to hold on to a lot of stuff here. It's going to make sense by the end of this program. Somehow, I promise you. <laughs> um, then the devil took him along into the holy city and had him stand up on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, here comes God's truth again, 
He will give his angels orders concerning you. And on their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. So there's God's word again. He's using it on God. And Jesus said, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him along to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left. And behold, the angels came and began to serve him. Praise God. So, obviously that is from uh, the book of Matthew. And a lot of these books were written after Jesus died, you know, in the first century. But what's interesting is the devil has been plotting against God since before the fall. It was right before the fall. He was a good angel before then. He was in, he was in charge of the cherubs. But he started the plot against God. He was cast out. And he has been plotting against God ever since. And he knew because he goes to and fro in the earth, walking about, seeing things. He saw the gospel of Matthew being written. He saw all of Paul's writings. He saw the entire New Testament being written. He saw John the Revelator. But when he saw John the Revelator, I'm going to propose to you that he knew that the book was complete. And it's important for you to know that right after that, so the book of Revelation was written in about 90 AD. In the very early 100s, you know, the 100 century, the second century, the devil started putting together his answer to the Bible. And that's called the Gnostic texts. And again, it's a deception. It's not God's word. But the Gnostic texts even suggest that they're written by Peter, you know, the rock of the church, doubting Thomas. And even Mary wrote these Gnostic texts. Now, biblical scholars and stuff like that, and well, and I'll put to you, put forth to you, God himself said that's not that's not the bible that's why it's not in it god can create the heaven and the earth he can keep a book together so the gnostic texts there's always been the occult there's always been dark magic there's always been white magic it goes back to solomon uh to nimrod you know it's really even before that from sacrifices there were good sacrifices there were bad sacrifices there's always been evil in the world since, you know, since the fall in the garden. 
But the Gnostic texts were a counterfeit of God's Bible. So in terms of everything that we talk about on this show, if you think of the dark stuff, you know, some of the uh, other writings, you know, that, uh, that are followed where they involve sacrifice and children and stuff like that, the Gnostic texts I will consider, and I want you to consider, are the light side of the system. Why is that important? Well, let's go back to Blavatsky just for a moment. Blavatsky, when she brought out the Theosophical Society, she was really introducing some of the light esoteric concepts and making them mainstream. Okay. Now, Alice Bailey was one of her students and she, then she started just like Blavatsky did. Blavatsky channeled all these books from the ascended masters, uh, fallen angels. So did Bailey. She started channeling books and from the ascended masters, she, hers was called the Tibetan, but it's an ascended master folks, a fallen angel. And she started writing down these things. Now, you got to remember, Al Alice Bailey and Aleister Crowley's lives were almost like, I think they were born in the same year. They lived in the same time period, almost precisely. And Bailey, you have to remember, came out of London. She was out of the aristocratic society. She and Crowley have a lot of crossover. And Alice Bailey took the theosophical stuff and actually started to introduce some of the dark stuff into it. But it's all, but the dark is hidden in it. And I want to be clear about it's hidden in it. So one of the big, well, it's not a big reveal, but one of the things that's going to come out of this new age stuff is the fact that the Aleister Crowley stuff will come to the surface after everyone is in and everyone's all into this love, love, love. Then comes the dark stuff. And I'm just going to give one quote from him. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. In other words, the, one of the big reveals out of this deception to all of those who fall into it will be that sin actually has no bearing. You are God. All things are permissible to you. It's some dark stuff. Okay, so let me get into the article. And I'm not going to go over some stuff that I read uh, last time, but I want to read pretty much the rest of this article because it's really, really good. And just having everything that I just said as a background, I apologize. This one might go a little bit longer, but it's important you listen to the entire thing. You're going to get a lot of pieces of the puzzle here. So the name of the article, or it's a booklet, actually, you can buy it for $1.95 online. Uh, it's called 
Alice Bailey, the mother of the New Age movement and her plans to revitalize Christianity. The author is Ray Youngen. The Mystery Schools. Many people have a kind of bemused contempt for those involved with mysticism, and thus they believe that the New Age movement is a frivolous frolic into the absurd. In answer to this, I would like to emphasize two points. First, millions of people are having real experiences. Second, these experiences are as old as human civilization. It is important to understand that the foundation upon which the New Age movement is based transcends the mere intellectual acceptance of ideas. It cannot be seen as separate from mystical experience from which it springs. The mystery schools are the most easily documented of the ancient adherents to occultism. They were the caretakers of this esoteric knowledge. These schools formed the nucleus of the religious practices of ancient nations and empires such as Egypt, China, Chaldea, Persia, Greece, and Rome as well as the Aztec and Inca societies. Wonder how they fall in? Here you go, folks. <clears throat> the mystery religions were so labeled because their teacher teachings were kept hidden from the common people. In fact, the term occult, meaning concealed or hidden, originates from the mystery religions because the majority of people were ignorant of their true meanings. Only the priests and adepts who were initiated through the various grades or levels gained insight into these hidden truths of the universe. Truths is in quotation brackets there. What was kept hidden or secret, it can best be summed up as the knowledge of the laws and forces that underlie the universe but are not evident to the five senses of man's normal perception. Basically, they taught an awareness of the invisible worlds for wisdom and guidance and the development of psychic abilities and spiritual healing techniques. I'm just going to interject here. Let me reread that. They taught an awareness of the invisible worlds, the spiritual realm, for wisdom and guidance and the development of psychic abilities and spiritual healings. Let me change those words for purpose of this series. Psychic abilities becomes prophetic utterings and spiritual healing techniques becomes signs and wonders. Are there churches that have schools that teach this stuff right now? 
and I'm not saying they're all bad. I don't know. I don't remember Daniel or Ezekiel going to school to learn to be a prophet. Continuing on. New Age writers often refer to the core teachings of occultism as ancient wisdom. They also refer to it as the secret wisdom, ageless wisdom, and the perennial wisdom. Many believe this ancient wisdom can be traced back to a fabled civilization of Atlantis. Despite enormous geographical distances and cultural differences, the mysteries all taught the same message. Happy and blessed one, you have become divine and immortal. Remember when I listed off all those different religions in the very first episode? They all teach it. It's just, it's just Christianity that is set apart. So, Blavatsky introduces Gnostic text, light side mystic knowledge to become mainstream. Theosophical teachers, that by the way, th these are my interjections. Uh, I'm continuing with the article here. Theosophical teachers have all repeated the old, old doctrine as the fundamental on which to build. The doctrine that the real human being is not the poor weak creature he often thinks he is and exhibits to others, but a wondrous spiritual being in the innermost recesses of his nature, a divine mystery that is within his power to find himself. And indeed, it is his destiny to realize this and eventually become it, <laughs> to become God. So now we go on to Bailey again, only touching on her for a moment as well. To occultists, the significance of Alice Bailey's writings have heralded anticipation of the appearance of a world healer and a savior. In the coming Aquarian age, that's where we are right now, folks. So a lot of her writings were heralding the anticipation of the appearance of a world healer and savior in the coming Aquarian age, the astrological age of enlightenment and peace. This savior would unite all mankind under his guidance. Bailey termed him the coming one. This person was not to be the Lord Jesus Christ of whom Christians await the return, but an entirely different individual who would embody all the great principles of occultism, chiefly the divinity and perfectibility of man. One of Bailey's followers wrote, the re reappearance of the avatar, the world teacher, by whatever name he may be known, has been prophesied in many religions as well as in the esoteric or occult tradition. A major manifestation is expected in connection with the Aquarian Age. Starting to pick up on some of these words, a manifestation, paradigm shift, stuff like that. This all comes from 
Bailey and Blavatsky and before. Second Thessalonians verse three. No one is to deceive you in any way for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. The prophetic connection. It is important to note that the apostle Paul declared one called the man of sin and the son of perdition would also proclaim himself to be God. In the verse I just wrote. Uh, actually, I should have continued. That was just verse three. I should have, verse four as well. I believe this is the coming Aquarian Messiah will be the son of perdition spoken of by Paul in Second Thessalonians. Furthermore, I am convinced the New Age movement <clears throat> is his spiritual platform. Too many things fit together for this to be just mere coincidence. Therefore, we must examine the restructuring of our world by those who are preparing the way for his arrival. Agreed. Daniel 8 verse 23 states that this man will be a master of dark sayings. In Hebrew, this translates as one skilled in cunning and ambiguous speech. Sounds like a politician, right? Cunning and ambiguous speech. Talk for half an hour and say nothing. The world will see him as one who is distinguished and spiritually brilliant. Keep this in mind as you read the following description. The coming one will not be Christian, a Hindu, a Buddhist, not an American, Jew, Italian, or Russian. His title is unimportant. For he is for all humanity, to unite all religions, philosophies, and nations. The only one that could bring this about is the one that is mentioned in Daniel. This explains the all-out effort by the New Age, which is saturating our society with meditation right now. When this man comes forward, all those who are in touch with their higher self, those who are awakened, hear the words, folks, will clearly recognize him as their unifier and give him their allegiance. He will have a ready-made constituency in many key positions to help him reconstruct society. This will be the final culmination of the paradigm shift. All those who were awakened will be already aligned. Huh. Maybe as Christians, we don't want awakening. We want the revelation of God's word in us. You won't know a copy unless you know the word. I'm studying hard, folks. <laughs> I'm studying a lot. The blood of the saints. Oh, excuse me, just a quick drink.
Did I mention that you should go to mylibertystand.com? And if you don't, uh, if that doesn't work for you, send me an email uh, at writeonjeff at gmail.com. Go to My Liberty Stand. Let's unite together. Let's form a strong community. Um, I can tell you with My Liberty Stand, our supply chain will not be broken. So it's probably good to at least check it out and make a decision now because the supply chain will not be broken. You will have the supplies you need. And this is the only place that can really guarantee that to you. Go to mylibertystand.com and including beef. All right. Sorry. The blood of the saints. One of the main tenets of the New Age thought is peace, goodwill, and unity for all humanity. Remember, the age of Aquarius is to be the age of oneness. Collective consciousness, man. The Christ consciousness. In context with this idea, the term cleansing is quite disturbing. A number of books make reference to those who are laggards in the when the new age reaches its maturity, various new age writers consider these resistors, I hope that's you and me, as eventually the only hindrance in allowing this global spirituality to occur. And we're the only ones holding it off right now, folks. So... Remnants of the fifth root race, go back to the last uh, one to understand that what that was, will continue to survive in the initial stages of the new cosmic cycle, but unless they increase their awareness or consciousness to the higher mind and the tempo of spirituality, they will be move, removed from the life stream of the race 2.0. Ah, starting to see how they're going to come after us. Unity-motivated souls will respond to his, the New Age Messiah's, call. Their inner drive for spiritual world unity will synchronize with higher energy. Folks, why is it important that they get this graphene into people? They want people to become antennas. They want that voice of God project. They want to be able to beam in Lucifer's voice, the fake Christ, right into people's heads. This deception is so massive. People opposing the recognition of the Christ may struggle intensely but it will not be prolonged. The Christ energy by then will be so strong, people will be dealt with according to their own individualized karma and their ability and desire to assimilate to this accelerated energy. The final appearance of the Christ, again, this is the this is the fake Christ, will be an evolutionary event. It will be the disappearance of egocentric lower self, 
subhuman man and the ascension. Any patriots talking about ascension right now? The ascension of the God-centered man. A new race, a new species will inhabit the earth. People who collectively have the stature of consciousness that Jesus had. So they, they see so you got to understand. Remember, they think that Jesus was just a man until he ascended. He was an ascended master. That's what they say. Now, there's a couple things here. I've just got to put in a couple side notes because it pisses me off, folks. How many people, because, you know, listen, when before, you know, I guess before 2020, you know, a lot of us were following politics really closely when Trump came on the scene in 2015. And we were following really closely. And, you know, and then some stuff happened and the FISA gate and all that stuff. And a lot of Patriot channels started to emerge and, you know, they're truth tellers. And it was interesting to watch. And these guys were all good Christian guys and women. There's a lot of women in it too. They were all good Christians and they were patriots and they're doing this and doing that. And they sucked in big audience, folks. Some of them claimed to be Navy SEALs and CIA, ex-CIA, you know, these great credentials. They sucked people in. And then they flipped the script. Then they start talking about astral projection. They start talking about uh, ascension, Christ consciousness. And because people trusted them for so many years, there's a lot of people who have fallen into that deception and are falling in it today that should not be. Share these shows. Share these shows. And then let me know you shared it. Tag me. If it's on Telegram, at right on radio. If it's on Twitter, at what is my right on Jeff? No, no. It at Jeff right on is my Twitter handle at Jeff right on. So even Alice Bailey herself, who personified New Age consciousness, backs what these three quotes imply. The new era is coming, the new ideals, new civilization, new modes of life, of education, of religious presentation, and of government are slowly precipitating and not can stop them. Nothing can stop what is coming. Have you heard that before? This is Alice Bailey talking here. Nothing can stop what is coming. Oh, is there a connection, Alice Bailey, and what people are saying today? They can, however, be delayed by the reactionary types of people, by the ultra-conservative and closed minds, in other words, ones who believe in real Jesus. They are the ones who can hold back the hour of liberation. These all must be brought under the power of death. That's a quote from Alice Bailey. Nothing can stop what's coming. This is the devil's plan, folks. She channeled it. 
if one understands the rationale behind these statements, then it becomes clear what they are talking about. Those who will accept the Christ consciousness can stay. Those who won't must go. The quote about people's ability and desire to assimilate the Christ energy as the determining factor in their fate is very thought-provoking. Barbara Marks Hubbard, a major New Age proponent and supporter of Marion Williamson's Department of Peace efforts in Washington. Remember Marion Williamson? Didn't she just run for president two cycles ago? The New Age one that stole the show at one of the debates and became very prominent. By the way, she became really prominent because of Oprah Winfrey. Sorry, side notes. Um, she says there must be a selection process, Marion Williamson, for those who refuse to see themselves and others as part of God, she states. He, God, describes, therefore, the necessity of a selection process that will select out resistant individuals who choose not to evolve. Human must become divine. That is the law. Persecution and death is predicted in the Bible for those who won't fall into line during the Antichrist rule. The parallel between what the Bible says about the period and the statements above are striking. The following prophecies reveal what is in store for those who will preach the real Jesus Christ and the gospel of the true kingdom during this time. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 9, They shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Revelation says of this period, And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Revelation 6 verses 9 and 10. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them who were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 4. Yes, persecution's coming. But look at the result. Okay, how many years he got left in the flesh suit, folks? How many years do you have in eternity? And even just looking at thousand years compared to your flesh suit years.
The following verse lends credence that this will be on an individual spirit basis. And ye shall be betrayed by both parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Your parents are going to want to kill you because you didn't ascend? Yeah. Your kin, your best friend? Oh, but wait, you'll have an explanation of why. I'm sorry, this is going, I'm probably going to go a little bit longer than an hour today. We're about 45 minutes, but if you really listen to the words, you're going to understand. This is a roadmap, folks. So that was from Luke 21, verse 16, by the way. Um, this implies that a family member or friend may be turned over to be dealt with for their own good. It will be seen as an altruistic act. The explanation I have just laid out would most likely annoy or even infuriate anyone involved or attracted to New Age spirituality. After all, nowhere do you find New Agers saying that they're going to kill anybody. It is left rather vague about how anyone will be removed, but the following channeled words by Neil Donald's Walsh, God, explain the rationale for what most people would consider outrageous and impossible to this. Listen to his God, not my God, his God. So the first thing you have to understand, as I've explained to you, that <laughs> is that Hitler didn't hurt anyone. In a sense, he didn't inflict suffering. He ended it. So this is what his God is telling him. There is no death. Life goes on forever and ever. You simply change form, and you simply change form, and consequences cease to exist. There is just knowing. So here's the truth. Life goes on forever. You do change form. Yeah, you go into your spirit form, but where do you go, heaven or hell? But listen to, the, listen to how... After you change, consequences cease to exist. Remember how I said dark is going to come back into the picture? Do what thou wilt. Consequences won't matter. Sin doesn't matter. Don't listen to that silly Bible, they say. And so this is continuing from, uh, from this guy's God. <laughs> The real issue is whether Hitler's actions were wrong. Yet I have said over and over again, there is no right or wrong in the universe. Now your thought that Hitler was a monster is based on the fact that he ordered the killing of millions of people, correct? What if I told you that what you call death is the greatest thing that could happen to anyone? 
What then? Shall we therefore punish Br'er Fox for throwing the Br'er Rabbit into the Br'er Patch? This is a really revealing statement, folks. Traditional morality has been virtually turned on its head here. In other words, according to the higher conscious that Walsh is in tune with, his, his ascended master, killing people could actually be doing them a favor. So your parents will want to kill you, or you kill your parents. You're doing them a favor. But would what would Walsh think if his, if his profound higher wisdom, if he himself were shivering and sick and starving in a cattle car bound for Auschwitz? Would he, would he then have a smile on his face if he were stripped naked and herded into a gas chamber to face a gruesome death? I think not. Walsh is no obscure personality. He is highly respected and regarded. Listen to this, folks. In the widely read book and, and film, The Secret, Walsh is described as a modern-day spiritual messenger. His conversations with God books remain highly popular within the Western world and are called groundbreaking. The secret. You just communicate with the universe. There's no consequence. There's no right or wrong in the universe. There's no consciousness. There's no or there's no consequences. This is sick. But let me continue. Could there have been the same spiritual component to Hitler's persecution of humanity in Europe? Most likely. In fact, yeah. Consider the following evidence. The swastika, the main symbol of Nazism, is an old age Hindu symbol that is still found on many temples throughout India. The word is not even German, but is Sanskrit, meaning that which is excellent. A New Age book has described its meaning as representing the final stage in which the chakra is active, developed, opened, and energized by the awakened kundalini energy. Remember, that's a mouthful. So the swastika represents the final stage in which the chakra is active, your third eye, developed, opened, and energized by awakened kundalini energy. Remember, kundalini energy, by definition, by their definition, the people who worship this stuff is called the serpent energy. Thus, the very banner of Nazism stands for the new energy and thrust that underlies the whole New Age movement. And by the way, uh, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Third Reich, now we're on the Fourth Industrial 
revolution, says Klaus Schwab. New Agers even acknowledge us. David Spangler makes reference in one of his books to the Nazi movement, which had many roots in occultism. The swastika symbol was also prominently displayed on Madame Blavatsky's personal brooch and in her logo uh, in exactly the same style as the Nazi one, tilting at an angle to the right, decades before the Nazi party was even formed. In other words, Adolf Hitler got it from Blavatsky. Uh, one can also see the parallelism, uh, the, sorry, <laughs> one can also see the parallel between Nazism and the ancient wisdom of the Hindu caste system with its Brahmin, the Aryan caste, and its lower untouchable caste. The Nazi also took the term Aryan, literally, which means the worthy race, from Hinduism. The world has nothing to do with ancient Germany, as many believe, but is a Hindu word meaning noble or superior. And although Nazis were militarists and racist, and the New Age promotes love and brotherhood, these facts should not be disregarded. Bailey was an idealist, but in her coming one is the man of sin spoken in two Thessalonians, then the comparison is not discordant. In conclusion, we are warning about is not some unprovable conspiracy theory. In fact, far from it. In March of 2016, Newsweek magazine put out a special edition called Spiritual Living. This glossy publication presented page after page of pure Alice Bailey spirituality. The entire issue was devoted to the mystical perception that man is divine. Did you notice the world started going crazy in 2016? Were there riots? Was there no persecution? Was there all kinds of stuff? And do these people who were doing all this harm think that they're actually doing good? Antifa, anti-fascist, but they're actually the fascist. What were Nazis? Fascists. It's a militant arm of the Democratic Party. So the entire issue is devoted to the mystical perception that man is divine. The key <clears throat> to positive change, both internal and external, is to present in everyone, and it also exists around us, whether through meditation, energy, healing, or full-on spiritual awakening. You can transcend the physical world to be to better your mind, body, and soul. This is Newsweek, folks, putting this stuff out. Alice Bailey, 2016. That may sound kind of benign, but numerous articles in the magazine promote the idea of spirits that can indwell people. 
If this had been put out by the National Enquirer, this could easily be dismissed as nothing more sensationalistic or exaggerated. But Newsweek is one of the oldest and most respected news magazines in the world. When they make this kind of an effort, we then need to sit up and take notice that Alice Bailey's religion has now come to the forefront of mainstream society. What this means, according to those who are sympathetic with this, is that if we are living, if we are to be spiritual, we need, need to partake of Alice Bailey's new vital world religion. The new age, the ascension, the blending of all religions. Right now, we have Christian people who claim to be Christians talking about Christ consciousness. We have Christians, myself included, <laughs> I don't know how many episodes I have about the Great Awakening. I didn't know it was coined by Alice Bailey, whose religion is now the religion of the United Nations. Whose religion was the religion of the Nazis. And the dark stuff, the Aleister Crowley stuff, will come out at the very end. I kind of think that you and I will already be gone by the time the Crowley stuff really comes out. But this is part of the mass deception. Um... Look, I don't know how long the timelines are, people. No one does. But I'll tell you what, right now, there's all kinds of stuff happening. There's, you know, these man-made disasters, train derailments, like how many is it, up to six now in a week? The fake alien distraction the government is attacking you and the government most assuredly is attacking your wealth. The, there's Ever since the Income Tax Act came out, ever since 1913, folks, the middle class, the, the taxation policies have been an attack. Uh, it's been a, a slow elimination of the middle class. You've heard this saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I very seldom uh, advertise this, but I think it's one of the best teachings I've ever done. I really know my stuff in it. Uh, my wife and I have done successful real estate investing. And uh, I have a real estate course. Uh, I'm going to change i'm going to put a new code in i'm going to put it back down to the intro price which was 9.97 um it's normally 17.99 uh, look it cost me you know over fifty thousand dollars in classes to learn what i did and i made it pay for itself very quickly 
And the thing is right now, when your wealth is being attacked before you lose your wealth, you should probably make some moves. And land is God's. He made it. You know, gold and silver too. I stay out of the market uh, for a lot of reasons. But if you're a homeowner, or even if you're not, even if you have like, you know, I, I'm not going to say no money. If you have absolutely no money, then, you know, you work on getting some money, uh, you know, get a few hundred dollars to your name, and then you can start playing. But even if you don't have money, let's say you're renting a house or something like that, you can make, you know, five, $6,000 a month if you put your mind to it. And it's pretty easy to do. And I teach you how to do that. Um, more long-term and particularly if you're a homeowner, um, there's ways to get rid of your mortgage in twice the pace. And I talk about all this in my real estate course. So, um, you know, it's nine ninety seven, but if you actually learn from it, there's no reason why you wouldn't make $30,000 the first year, like pretty easily. Um, the other thing is if you haven't taken my course that is on, uh, creating wealth through stewardship, if you buy the real estate course, you'll, you're going to get the creating wealth through stewardship for a hundred bucks. Go through that first. You don't even have to go through the intro or the outro. There's three main sections, go through them first and then do the real estate thing. And uh, I'm just going to put up the link here for everyone to see it. I don't advertise this very often, but go to writeonyou.com. That's R-I-G-H-T-O-N with the letter U, writeonyou.com. Check out that real estate course. It supports me. And quite honestly, it will really support you. It's good information. And I didn't even mention I I give over $10,000 in contracts with the course. I give you all the documentation, how to do things. It's, step, it's not just Jeff talking. I give you documentation every step of the way, including contracts that would cost you thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. So uh, that one is called, uh, you know, the real estate investing course and and uh, take go check out the uh, creating wealth through stewardship as well. By the way, I when I find time, I'm going to redo it. I'm going to add some more content uh, to that as well, and that'll be free for you when I redo it if you sign up. So get the real estate one, get it for uh, the <laughs> creating wealth through stewardship for ninety seven bucks. If you just want the creating wealth through stewardship, there's a coupon in the description box that's valid today and you can get it for 197 which is the cheapest I'll sell it on its own. Uh, it's just, it's too much good information, folks. Um, and I'm really telling you the truth based on God's word, but I just make it streamlined and I present it in a way that's easy to understand, like a one step one, step two, step three. Thank you for putting up with my uh, little commercial and remember mylibertystand.com as well. Right on you.com, mylibertystand.com. Please go to one of them. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks very much. I hope you found this uh, worthwhile 
I, I normally don't like to read as much, but that was really deep. So in the meantime, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.